What's happening, everybody? Radical episode 185. Holy moly. Thank you guys for being here. I'm your host, Shane Hazel. Uh, welcome to any and everybody who is tuning in for maybe the first time. Uh, my longtime supporters and listeners, thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, obviously, kind of a, a going to be a fun, uh, special show. Uh, cats out of the bag. Uh, the the Libertarian Party got together this weekend and uh, was fortunate enough to be down there for one day. Um, we are going to cover a little bit of what happened down there. And we're going to address some things here for the state of Georgia going forward. Because as I'm sure most of you have heard, maybe you haven't. Maybe you've been under a rock and uh, and have been away doing, doing life, man. So um, the Libertarian Party uh, has officially nominated yours truly for the uh the governor nomination here in the uh georgia um election so 2022 going in is going to get crazy this is this is going to be a war for georgia and we're going to get into how this is an extremely winnable war no matter the outcome of silly elections um whether it you know goes our way or it goes the way of the statist who are going to be in this? And I've got some, I've got some predictions for you. I've got some, a whole lot, you know, to cover in terms of what we're up against and why they're going to fail over and over and over, even while they're supported by, you know, the 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 murder cult, as I call it, and um, the you know the, the propagandists that are out there. They're going to be propped up. They're going to be. Uh, I don't know, idolized and people are going to try to divide Georgians along Democrat and Republican lines when, you know, we know better than anybody that they're really kind of just the same people. So um, welcome to everybody. Like I said, if you're new, if you're a recovering conservative, if you are just checking things out, if you are a recovering Democrat, you know, you're all welcome here. Um, this is a place where we teach, where we learn, where we have amazing conversations. We don't do, uh, you know, kind of the soundbite drive-by stuff. Um, and for those of you guys that have been here a long time or even five shows, I'd really appreciate your support. You can go out to RadicalPod.com uh, and, and figure everything out from there. But uh, if you want to support it uh, financially, you can go to Patreon.com slash RadicalPod. And thank you. Everybody that has, uh, if you want to support me uh, with encouragement, you can go to Apple and beat the algor uh, algorithms by leaving a five-star review. I'll read it here. And thank you, everybody that has. Outside of that, if you got something to bring my attention, a guest or anything else, uh, you can go to uh, Shane at RadicalPod.com and send me an email. And uh, I'm pretty good about getting to those these days. Um, you know, it's something I do early, early in the morning and late, late at night uh, when I've actually got a little time for myself. Um, but at any rate, so yes, this weekend, um, we, we had our convention and it was so cool to see everybody. Um, you know, uh, it, it's different this year. Uh, we are in, you know, we're as libertarians, uh, and people that absolutely care about freedom, we're in a extremely good position. You know, uh, for a long time, we were the, the boys that cried wolf um, about the economy crashing, about inflation catching up with us, about debt and deficit spending catching up with us, about how fiat currency was going to wreck our culture and our current, you know, in our, our, our way of life, uh, that it was going to 
take America and make it rot from the inside. And, you know, it's not that we take any, uh, you know, homage and, or, or glee or joy in our, you know, in our fellow American suffering. That's not the case. But, you know, when you've got a track record of telling them why this is going to happen for 50 years, you know, it's uh, it's something we're going to stand on here in uh, the Libertarian Party, especially in my campaign. You know, this is something the Austrian economists have been talking about forever. Um, so we're going to talk about that a little bit. And um, to be in this position where people are, you know, really done with the the mandates and the states and the medical tyranny, um, we're going to get into some of these issues as we go through today's show with, in conjunction, I guess, in comparison, juxtapose from Kemp and uh, Stacy, because I, I think I think Kemp's going to hold on to his position uh, through the primary. Uh, you know, Purdue just looks extremely weak, and the other two, uh, Candace and Jones over there, they're not making a very good showing. And I know how the Republican Party works. Like the Republican Party is going to get who they want uh, from the GOP's pr- perspective, and not so much from the uh, perspective of the you know the voter so like hey man that's that's the thing is you know the dnc's got all their 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 ducks in a row they're going to put up one person and one person only and that's stacy abrams Uh, i don't think she's going to have a primary challenger and you know it'd be silly if they did they'd be you know wasting resources at that point and honestly like i've said before i think some of this is absolutely intentional when it comes to the republicans kind of being controlled opposition and kind of being controlled opposition and taking this opportunity to fracture their base. Right. So um, take it from a guy who has primaried Republicans. And one of the things I was told when I primaried a Republican who was in office, you know, an incumbent was the rule in Georgia here, young man, is you don't primary Republicans who are incumbents in office. That is a sure way to lose the election, and it is a sure way to lose that seat to the Democrats. Not that they really care, right? Like, they've got to say these kind of things. Um, so, at any rate, the idea that they're going to run you know, other Democrats in this, uh, I think Candace Taylor might actually be the only person uh, that is in – in the executive race for, well, maybe in the entire executive race that you can consider conservative um, and by any stretch of the imagination, Republican, because uh, like I've said before, uh, the the Kemp machine, man, he's a Southern Democrat through and through and through. The man is a Southern Democrat. And uh, Jones is a Atlanta Democrat. And you've got, you know, Purdue, who's really kind of just a um a globalist, uh, you know, and a Democrat at that. He's he's all about uh, his jean uh, jacket and jeans to to go out and show everybody, you know, just what a what a normal person he is. Uh, while trading stocks and you know uh, behind, I don't know, closed doors right before the pandemic hit. So, at any rate, you know, when I when I look at this race and I see obviously, um, you know, the the Bilderberg chosen Stacey Abrams in this. Uh, as a globalist, you know, Democrat on top of it, uh, we've, we've got our work cut out for us, but at the end of the day, I think we're going to paint a picture of just how, uh, clean and neat this is going to be between authoritarian versus libertarian, uh, freedom 
anarchy to to a certain degree uh, versus statism, tyranny, fascism, communism, um, you name it in terms of the isms on the other side of where we're at in terms of being, you know, pushing for freedom in our lifetime. Like everybody else is pushing control, 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 control. And boy, I mean, to be able to paint a, you know, an extremely bold message of freedom on the other side of these idiots why it's gonna be it's gonna that's the part of the simple so uh let's get into the first little article uh this is a press release from the libertarian party of georgia uh the douglasville georgia january 16th 2022 the libertarian party of georgia elected candidates for the november 2022 election at the recent state party convention including a full slate of nation or statewide candidates in addition to the state officers, seven candidates have been elected for district races for both the U.S. House and state legislator. This historic number of candidates was realized in spite of a recent court ruling that overturned a decision to reduce petitioning requirements for third-party candidates. Quote, we are determined that the unfair requirements for the libertarian candidates will not keep us off the ballot says LP Georgia chair, Ryan Graham. If we must obtain thousands of signatures to run, then that is what we will do. The Republican and the Democrat parties have no signature requirements for the ballot. I'm going to, I'm going to pause here because here's, here's one of the initiatives that I'm going to be putting forth. One of my initiatives as I'm running for governor is to show truth, period, show truth, show who these people are in their own writing, in their own words, in everything that they do in terms of delegitimizing government, the institutions, the positions, the control that they have over your life and show them for the frauds that they are. In 2022, you know, you would think that, you know, most people were against segregation and oppression and all of those kind of things, especially the main two parties. It's obviously the furthest thing from the truth. They want power and they want power continuously and they never want to cede power to anybody and they want to grow it on top of it. Recently, a court uh, overturned our ballot access for uh, the the seats for uh, U.S. Congress, the, the House of Representatives specifically, in terms of we had been at 20% of the registered voters, we had to have 20% of the re registered voters' uh, signatures to make the ballot. You know, obviously, you got to do all this signature gathering, take them before the judge. The judge uh, says, no, thousands of these don't count. So what you really have to do is raise extra signatures, right? You're like, you have to get extra signatures because you know that they're going to throw some of them out. So not only is there, you know, is it completely unfair, but then it goes in front of a judge to go, eh, maybe you got these, maybe you don't. Um, and if he's part of the establishment, uh, which most of the time they are because they're appointed by a lot of times the executive, um, those guys were, are, are going to throw things out. So it went down to 5% from a, from a judge's uh, opinion. And then, uh, it went back to court, uh, in an appeal and now they're back at 20%. It got overturned. So I don't know. This is illegitimate. You know, this is what makes a government illegitimate when people who are in the population, who you are using force and coercion to, you know, take money from in, in terms of taxes, right? Like that's what they do. 
when you take money from people by force and coercion and you don't have any voting rights, I mean, I know, you know, government indoctrination schools used to teach that, you know, without equal representation, uh, there can be no taxation, right? Like no, no taxation without equal representation. That's not what's going on anymore, you know, and, you know, not not to get into the history, but this was all this all came about because of the communists back in the uh, the 1940s and early 50s. You know, the, the Red Scare, so to say, where they they banned other parties from running on accounts that they were communists. So uh, here it is, 2022. And as, quote unquote, free people, <laughs> taxpayers, uh, tax cattle, for that matter. We, as libertarians, have to meet different standards to be included on ballots. And see, let's let's have a little fun with this, because I think the idea of the uh, the, the whole voting thing is a, a sham to begin with um, for a lot of reasons. One, it's done by machines that are compromised uh, here in the state of Georgia that Brian Kemp, of all people, as the secretary of state of Georgia, uh, helped push into existence here when we spent millions and millions of dollars on these things. Well, and let's face it, they extracted millions and millions of dollars and put these compromised voting machines in in place against, you know, a lot of sound judgment that was crying out. Why did they do something like that? So that they have power over elections, so that they can rig elections, so that, you know, if something is close, then it goes to the people in power. Obviously, tons of issues with that. But in terms of it being illegitimate from the very get-go, right? Like, let's just, let's leave voting machines out of it. Let's leave the fact that they're not hand-marked paper ballots. Let's, you know, let's remove all of these other factors. If you want to run for office, you ought to be able to run for office. You be, you better be able to, you know, go in there in a, in a quote-unquote free country and 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 put your name on a ballot and say, hey, listen, I would like to put my name here on this ballot and I would like to be considered by the people in whatever little region you're in to have people cast votes for me. That is absolutely not the case. You know, they have to have their gatekeepers. Uh, they do that through primaries. They do that through ballot access. And so if you can't get on a damn ballot, you're an oppressed class of people. I'm going to say it again. If you cannot get on the ballot, if not into the voting booth, if you can't get a person on a ballot, if you can't run, you are oppressed. It's as simple as that. And from that very premise, all this is illegitimate. And furthermore, we as libertarians, this is going to be our language going forward. This is going to be our message. This is going to be my message as somebody who's running for governor of Georgia. Is this government, because of ballot access laws, is completely illegitimate. And you should withhold taxes from them. You should, you should absolutely cause all sorts of consternation and problems in the most peaceful way possible from this government because it is doesn't allow people to go out and represent you know things like liberty like freedom outside of democrats and republicans yeah it's it's silly to say the least so that's first and foremost we'll probably get back into the voting thing here in a second because obviously stacy abrams and brian kemp have been jaw jacking biden's been down here it's 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 a mess 
for all of them. So the 2022 candidates are for U.S. Senate, Chase Oliver, uh, Lieutenant Governor Ryan Graham, Secretary of State is Ted Metz, uh, Attorney General Martin Cowan, the Commissioner of Agriculture is John Counts, Commissioner of Insurance Danny Dolan, State School Superintendent Ken Pullen, Commissioner of Labor Christine Austin, Public Service Commissioner District 2 Colin McKinney, U.S. House District and I'm going to just get the rest of these are U.S. House districts. So U.S. House District 8, Mark Mosley, uh, District 14, Angela Pence, District 2, Andrew Underwood, District 18, Justin Jones, District 55, Christopher Lodge, District 72, Emily Anderson, and District 165, Clinton Cowart. I will tell you right now that I'm going to have quite a few of these people during the uh, during the year up until the election. I'm going to have them here on the show. I'm going to introduce you to them. I'm going to show them, you guys what amazing people uh, they are. Because I'll tell you right now, each one of these pe- people here that you know went through the convention process is basically the Libertarian uh, primary. Not only did they survive, you know, a, a vote of their peers in front of their peers, which is kind of gut wrenching enough, right? But on every ballot for um, our uh, candidates, they are also up against the choice, none of the above, right? Like a non-person. We would rather not put you up. We would rather nobody run for the, for the Libertarian Party than put you up as a, uh, as a candidate. And, you know, that's, that's one of the things that I, I love about the Libertarian Party is you know where you stand in, in the Libertarian Party. If you come in speaking uh, a different status language, you're going to get found out because you don't speak liberty, man. It's, it is. It's a, it's a language in and of itself, and you, you can't fake this kind of stuff. So, um, you know, uh, congratulations to everybody on this list. Um, you know, we got to, got to see or meet most of you guys, and it was awesome. I mean, I'm, I'm going to tell you, like I said, it was different this year. Man, I walked in the front door. Um, and you know, Jake Green is a, you know, just a a great guy. And he, uh, is the one that is doing the documentary on my run for governor. And so, uh, we've gotten to know each other pretty well and he's going to be, um, you know, all over the place with me during this campaign. And, you know, I walked in and he's standing there with the camera. He's like, get ready. Cause this is the start of the next nine months. (laughs) So I come around the corner out there in the Douglas convention center and, um, you know, somebody yells, the champ is here. The champ is here. I mean, it's like eight o'clock in the morning. I really, I haven't even had my second, second cup of coffee. And I want to, I want to take that moment to say, you know, to, to all of you, thank you guys for everything, uh, you've done in, in helping me, you know, take this message of freedom and liberty, especially in my style, which is, is ex- extremely in your face. Um, you know, you know, without, pulling punches a lot of times, you know, I do it out of the kindness and in the love of my heart, but at the same time, it's, you know, this is, this is, you know, one of those times when I think people are looking for fighters, you know, that, that terminology, the champ is here. Like, man, you know, the idea that we are being looked at in this race as somebody who's going into a fight, man, what a what a good time to to have something like that, you know, kind of come up, right? Like you know, when we're going in, you know, what I'm going to call the war for Georgia, you know, what are people looking for? 
they're not looking for a Stacey Abrams, you know, somebody who couldn't even begin, you know, to lose a couple pounds um, in the face of COVID, right? One of the one of the absolute killers in terms of comorbidities uh, that talked about it all the time. She's not a real fighter, you know. She's been she's been pushed up from the uh, the elite globalist, the Bilderberg type of groups. She's been uh, absolutely celebrated for her quote unquote fight for voters' rights, while never ever ever taking on you know ballot access. And then you've got people like Brian Kemp and, you know, the, the rest of the Republican slate, which, you know, I look at and they're not fighters, you know, um, none of them are fighters. None of them are going to go to, you know, war with the bureaucracy. They're not going to go to war with the feds. They're not going to go to war for your rights to life, liberty, and property ever. And so to to have that recognition, man, like right when you you know walk around the corner into um, the convention for you know the the position you're running for for governor, that is a I don't know it's 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 one of those moments where I kind of pause and I you know I walked into the restroom because I was like oh boy, <laughs> if it hadn't hit me yet, I think it hit me right then that this the the stakes of what we have uh coming at us in 2022 and beyond for the the executive of georgia i don't think the other people are anywhere near prepared enough to handle what's about to come uh at states with rebellious populations they're certainly not going to encourage the rebellion that's for sure So um, that's that's that quant, uh, quick little article, a uh, little press release here. Um, I wanted to take you guys through some of the differences here in, in terms of backing up what I was saying. I know a lot of Republicans are going to, you know, they're like, you only trash Republicans. I don't. You know, if, if you've been here long enough, you, you know that uh, I can go after Democrats and oftentimes do go after Democrats just as hard. The difference in in all of this. And I think maybe where my contempt for the Republicans come from is I grew up as a Republican and it was an absolute lie. Um, when I ran for the uh, U.S. Congress as a Republican, all I, all I know is that the GOP was an absolute lie. The, the, the region, the reps, the people in office, you name it. I mean, the, the, the leadership the people who are elected to offices in the GOP, they're all gatekeepers and they all think that you need to, you know, come up through the ranks basically. And you're not judged on what you've done. You're not judged on anything other than are you going to toe the line for the GOP and the establishment? And Obviously, as somebody that wasn't willing to get in line, that wasn't willing to succumb, that wasn't willing to bend the knee, um, I knew my days as a Republican were extremely um, limited. And thank God for it, because I've learned so much. I mean, uh, in terms of broadening my horizons um, as a as a libertarian, in terms of economics, in terms of foreign policy, uh, you name it, man. I mean, it is it has absolutely changed my life for the better, and you know, through a lot of work and dedication to these principles, um, 
I think has put us in this position now. So I wanted to take you guys through um, who I think, Kemp and Abrams. I want to kind of show you guys, um, you know, Republicans and Democrats out there who are considering who to vote for. Maybe you're up in the air. Maybe you've got a lot of questions in terms of where people are on issues. You can go to my page, shanehazel.com, and I'm pretty sure it's going to lay it all out very, very acutely for you. Um, you know, in terms of you're going to see exactly where I am on damn near every issue. And if it's not there, hit me up at shane at um, shanehazel.com or shane at radicalpod.com and ask. And maybe, you know, if it's a good enough question and it's a subject that I've maybe just completely overlooked, maybe I'll go ahead and add it to the page because unlike Kemp and Abrams and the rest of these people, um, I'm going to, I'm going to show you exactly from their page, their pages, where they stand and where they don't stand and what they will not ever put in writing. So let's, let's hit up Kemp first. Um, Kemp's page is kind of interesting in terms of the way it's laid out. It's, it's not uh, whoever designed your webpage, Brian, I'm going to tell you right now, free advice, I would have it redesigned and simplified. But he's got home and about and news and volunteer and coalitions and donate as kind of his headers. And there's no substance under most of them. You know, It'll tell you about Brian Kemp um, and his past and who he has been and how he's amazing and loves puppies and all that kind of bullshit. Um, you know, it's got the landing page where you can donate. And then, you know, it's got a volunteer page where you can volunteer it's got coalitions, you know, basically who agrees with him. And then you've got uh, the news and a donate button. Brian Kemp's, you know, he's got all of these uh, releases and there's a trend. There's a really big slap in the face trend for Brian Kemp. Brian Kemp says 283 county commissioners endorse Governor Kemp. So this is the first. Next one, Kemp for governor responds to Abrams presidential ambitions. Yeah, we know. 108 sheriffs endorse Kemp for governor. Attorney General Chris Carr and Insurance Commissioner John King endorse Governor Kemp for re-election. Georgia Public Service Commission endorses Kemp for re-election. More than 100 city officials endorse Kemp for re-election. Um, Kemp for governor rolls out elected officials for Kemp. You notice anything there? You notice any part of a trend? He's got all of this support from government. If this man was about liberty and freedom, he wouldn't have to cite the government officials. He would be saying, hey, listen, you know, look at all these amazing free independent people or independent groups that were all about freedom or liberty. The man is not endorsed by any of those. He might have the NRA, which we all know, if you know your history of the NRA, is a complete sham, is a complete joke. They've actually been controlled opposition and pushed gun control uh, since the 1930s. But this is this is what he is touting. He's telling you in per like, hey, man, like I'm endorsed by the state and the state officials and people in office and government employees everywhere. That's who he is. You know, and I mean, when he talks about, you know, how he has led um, the, you know, the, the state of Georgia through a terrible pandemic. 
we'll point you guys to a bunch of executive orders around the end of March and early April and May of 2020, when he basically said, there are people who are non-essential. He wrecked about a million jobs in, in Georgia alone, not to mention you know, everywhere else through the unintended consequences when you shut down economies and lock people down and tell them to shelter in place and that they're non-essential and destroy livelihoods and, and families and everything else. Like, that's Brian Kemp. Yeah, no kidding. The people in government love the guy because they didn't miss paychecks. They didn't have their lives destroyed. While everybody else in the private sector, people who are entrepreneurs, you think this man understands that? Do you think this man cares? Do you think he has any support from those communities? I think he would list it up here in terms of in the news, right? It's it's absolutely insanity. The other thing that you won't find on Governor Kemp's page is what he's for, right? I mean, it's not like he's really for guns. Now, he's come out recently and said something to the effect of being um, you know, or pushing for the uh, constitutional carry. Let's talk about this for two seconds, because I think it's worthwhile. I, you know, I'm friends with Matt Gertler. Uh, is, uh, he used to be a state representative here in Northeast Georgia. He is now the, um, the chief of staff for uh, uh, Thomas Massey. And I don't think you get that position by being kind of soft or wonky on some things. So when Kemp ran in 2018 and he was uh, asking, you know, around for endorsements, when it came to Matt Gertler, you know, endorsing people, he had to promise Gertler constitutional carry back in 2018. And now that he's pushing constitutional carry after his first term, I find it maybe just a little disingenuous, just maybe a little bit. What have you been doing for four years? You know, one of the most important things as a governor is obviously protecting people's rights. And of those, recognizing the first right of people to protect their life, liberty, and property. And he is now talking about going forward and begging the Congress, the Assembly here in Georgia, for constitutional carry. After four years, hmm, seems weird. Why not have done it in your first four years? Why not, you know, are you, are you dangling carrots? Because that's what it looks like. It looks like you're dangling carrots for the gun crowd. Hey, gun crowd, Marine combat vet out of force reconnaissance here. I'm going to tell you right now, as the executive on day one, any and all gun laws are gone. They're fucking gone. You have a right to own any piece of equipment that you can afford and operate. And as far as I'm concerned, every gun law is not only unconstitutional, but it conflicts with your natural rights. So day one, instead of going and bending the knee and putting all of the onus on all the shills in Congress to, to, you know, beg them for, you know, constitutional carry. How about as the executive of Georgia, you come out and say, hey, executives in Georgia, we will recognize the Constitution, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, the natural rights of men and women to life, liberty, and property, and to protect those things. 
as executive, I will nullify right here and now every gun law, not only in Georgia, but at the federal level. And if anybody comes to your home saying that you don't have a right to own a suppressor, an automatic weapon, a belt-fed weapon, a, a machine gun, I don't care what it is. You have the right to tell them to get off your property, and you also have the right to defend your life, liberty, and property with deadly force. No one, no one in this race is going to even come close to saying something like that, especially this empty suit Brian Kemp. He's not really into constitutional carry, or he would have done it. He would have used executive order to recognize rights a long time ago versus playing know, this really, really stupid game with constitutional carry. Like This is his out. He's not really going to do it. If you really want to do it, he just do it as the executive. He's not going to do it. You're not going to see any, anything like this on Brian Kemp's page. Why? Because he doesn't have the backbone or the stones to do it. He is here for anybody and everybody in terms of special interest. And, and that's it. So let's um let's let's transfer because I got very limited time left. Um, over to Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams, who we've talked about in the past. Stacey Abrams runs Fair Fight, um, and it's a organization that pushes voter rights. Like we've we've gotten into into the idea already that she really doesn't care about voters' rights, you know, ballot access. Like she doesn't. She wants this thing rigged for her. You know, Joe Biden actually just came down here um, to Georgia. If you missed this, um, you know, it was is pretty comical. Like Biden and Harris both flew to Atlanta. And Stacey Abrams, who is fighting for, you know, the, this this whole ballot access issue down here. I should say ballot access. Voter, voters, voting rights in Georgia, right? And I laugh because it's such a it's such a misnomer. It's just political power, right? Who controls the voting booths? So she's been talking about this for a long time. And she gets the president and vice president to come down to Atlanta uh, to speak for her fight for for her uh her bill for voting and in removing the law that uh, I guess the Republicans passed last year down here and what does Stacy do Stacy skips it she absolutely says oh <laughs> i've got a scheduling conflict i can't be where the president of the united states is and where the vice president of the united states is in the state where I'm running for governor with those people, because why? Because they're toxic, because they're failures, because they are absolutely floundering. The DNC has no uh, no idea what the fuck they're going to do with these people. So the article from Newsweek, former President Donald Trump claimed that the Democratic Georgia gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams wants nothing to do with President Joe Biden after she skipped his speech in Georgia uh, this was last Tuesday. Trump insisted that Abrams and other figures associated with what he called the woke radical left had come to realize that the Biden administration was an embarrassment. In a statement issued on Tuesday around the same time, Biden was in Atlanta delivering a speech on voting rights without Abrams in attendance. Stacey Abrams helped Biden steal the 2020 election in Georgia, but now she won't even share a 
stage, Trump said. Stacey knows that Biden actually lost big in Georgia and in 2020, uh, in the 2020 presidential election as a whole. And he's been so terrible. She now wants nothing to do with him. Even the woke radical left realizes that Joe Biden's administration is an embarrassment. This is coming from a pretty embarrassing person. You know, that's the thing is like this, this whole thing, right? She's, she's, she's got the, the commander in chief, the president of the United States down here trying to help her out. And she snubs him. Oh man. It doesn't look good for, you know, Stacy or Kemp, right? Like this, this woman, she is into victimhood. She is into laying in to people and having to exploit their victimhood. That means making sure that the state is there to take care of them. You know, this is all, you know, what I've talked about in the past. This is part of a culture which is, you know, going to result from Keynesian economics. She has no idea what Keynesian economics versus Austrian economics is. She has zero idea. She has zero idea how to fix it. Does she want to help people? Eh, maybe. I think she probably does, and I'm gonna, I, I will give her the benefit of the doubt, benefit of the doubt that she does want to help people. And I think because Stacy grew up a lot more well off than a lot of people, um, that she feels, especially in the black community, like maybe she owes some of them. But she doesn't understand that a hand up versus a hand out destroys people's confidence. It destroys their self-value. It destroys their worth. And her premise that the government can take care of things for people on a continuous basis at the expense through force and coercion of other people is just misguided to say the least. It is absolutely about control at the worst. So if you can provide people with sustenance, with housing, with school, with medical, whatever. If you can meet the basics for people in life because you're promising other people's money or, you know, now that we don't even really need tax income, they can just print it all off. Um, what they what you get into is a situation where you have to play by their rules and you have to do exactly what they say or your necessities of life are gone. And if you don't think that's coming, look around the world. I mean, it is apparent if you're here as a Democrat or if you know Democrats who would benefit from this message, anything right now you think the government would give you out of the goodness of their heart and not have strings attached with it, you are kidding yourself eight days a week. If you don't get the jabs, if you don't get the shots, if you don't live life their way, if you don't agree and toe the line and regurgitate everything that they want you to, do you think you're going to live as good a life? You think you're going to have the perks? You think you're going to be able to travel? You think you're going to be able to get loans? You think you're going to be able to work your way out of those situations? You're not. They've put up the walls around you already. They've, they've made sure that whatever you do, you're tied to the state. And if you're tied to the state for sustenance, for shelter, for housing, for heat, for food, for medical, they have you. You are their prisoner and they haven't had to arrest anybody. You walked into the cage and they shut it and you stay there. That's it. That's who Stacy is. 
Stacy wants control. Stacy wants power. Stacy wants to hold on to power and control. And she wants anything and everything that you own to be collective property. She wants anybody who's wildly successful because of their production to have to pay into these people. She wants those people to vote for you to be enslaved with them for to take all the incentive out of being an entrepreneur out of out of producing things that's who Stacey Abrams is she cares very very little about actual voting rights she doesn't really care at you know at all if she did she would be joining people like myself and libertarians across this country and saying listen we should really actually be opening up ballot access. We shouldn't be just saying, well, you know, that we should be stuff, you know, have the ability to, to mail in, you know, ballots, right? She doesn't care about, you know, election integrity at all if she controls the elections. And as a Democrat and a, you know, possible Democrat um, Secretary of State who run elections, you think they're going to get better? You think they're going to get more secure? You think they're going to have less errors? If she's in power, if she gets her way, the thing is, is it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's her or Brian Kemp. They're not secure. They don't even start from an equal footing premise. Um, and maybe the biggest thing that we can hit on before we wrap the show up is medical freedom, right? Like it's, it's all well and good to talk about constitutional carry, uh, security and elections, uh, the victimhood classifications, but both of these people both of them have pushed for medical tyranny in in this past two years. Brian Kemp locked us down. Stacey Abrams didn't think we went far enough with the lockdowns. She's all for mandates. She's absolutely all for mask mandates. She's all for controlling businesses and private people and saying that the government has control over what you do with your body. Brian Kemp has never, ever, ever ever and to my knowledge even spoken about natural immunity and i'll tell you right now if you're not talking at least having an honest conversation about natural immunity now that we're in to the beginning of 2022 you're a fascist you're an absolute fascist you the government and the private sector that continues to push propaganda to push push vaccines to push masks that haven't slowed the spread, that haven't stopped it, that have really done absolutely nothing, especially when you look at the compar uh, the comparisons uh, in places where they have issued mandates versus the places where they haven't issued mandates. Like COVID's here to stay. It's going to be here. Luckily for us, it's really pretty survivable, right? Like if, if we're talking pandemics, 99.999 plus, especially if you don't have comorbidities and you get yourself... Uh, in somewhat physical shape, and you build your immune system, like you're going to get it, and you're going to survive it. Disease is nothing new to the human condition. They would like to, you to think otherwise. Both Kemp and uh, and Stacy, they want nothing to do with medical freedom, and that might be the biggest difference between the authoritarians and the libertarians, ladies and gents. This is something that I'm going to push throughout my campaign so, so hard. The, the, the push uh, for medical freedom and for you know economic recovery. The fact that we've got inflation above 20% by the 1980 CPI standards, like, 
that's going to be a big deal in this election. Do you think either one of them has any idea how to fix this? They don't. Are we going to be pushing secession? Yeah, we're going to probably push secession. It's part of our plank as a libertarian party. Um, and are we going to push freedom and currency? Absolutely. Freedom and currency is going to do wonders for Georgia and for people around the world. And the beautiful thing is it doesn't matter what the election outcomes are. They can't stop Bitcoin. They never will. They cannot, they cannot cut it off. They cannot centralize it. They cannot produce more of it. They can do nothing to it. And if you like this kind of stuff, I'm going to be talking a lot more about Bitcoin as we go forward and how it fixes a lot of the problems that we see day to day. You know, a lot of times what we're going to do is we're going to grab a subject and we are going to talk about Bitcoin because I'm going to tell you right now, the more I know, the more I know this is the path forward to not only fix the economy, but to fix culture. And I believe in it so wholeheartedly. Ladies and gents, I'm, I'm going to share stories with you that are, will blow your mind. Um, but this is the beginning. And uh, thank you all for everything that you've done to push it to this, uh, you know, to, to this height. Running for governor is, uh, is something I never thought I would do. But in this time and place, I think, um, you know, out of anybody and everybody who's running, I don't think there's another soul in the race that's ready to do what needs to be done uh, in terms of leadership going into a war for Georgia. So with all that said, thank you guys for being here. I will get you guys more shows. I know I always say that um, the uh, the whole back thing is thrown some, some issues into uh, my recording, especially doing uh, lives like this. But uh, I love you guys, and uh, I will catch you guys later here this week. Until then, love you. I need you. Peace. Um, don't hurt people and don't take your stuff.